This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent his own son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, God's prophecy about the coming of John the Baptist and his message to point to the Savior and the grand offering of forgiveness. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but... The word of the, our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. The Word of the Lord. How much more can you take? How much longer can you persevere? No amount of holly jolly Hallmark movies or hot chocolate equipped drives through candy cane lane can compensate for the way you really feel down deep inside. The truth is you're tired, in fact, downright exhausted. Could your life be any more busy and frantic? There's so much going on, I can't even think straight. Could there be any more sad stories in the news? Kidnappings, murders, war, what next? Could there be any more disappointment? 
just when you think you have everything in life all figured out and all going well, then you wake up to that text message you had hoped never to receive. Things happen at work that make you wonder if anyone really values you at all. And then you're flattened by whatever sickness is floating around right now. <laughs> Again, what next? And this is just the ugliness and the worldly warfare that everyone can see that's going on around us. What about the internal warfare raging in your heart and mind? Like those days that, that you wake up so sick and tired of the rat race of life. Those moments that you look in the mirror and you start to wonder, who am I really and what has my life become? Those agonizing thoughts that plague you in the back of your mind as, as you wonder, is it really worth it? Oh, and that's not to mention the barrage of sin holding over your head as sins of the past still make you sweat at night and guilt that haunts you, that makes your heart race still. Oh, and all the embarrassing, embarrassing sins that you hope no one in the pews around you would ever know and that you spend most of your life pretending God doesn't know. How much more can you take how much longer can you persevere? It wasn't much different for the Israelites of old. What did they have to wake up to in the morning? The glorious kingdom of David and his son Solomon, long gone. The kingdom of Israel had been fractured in half. Northern Israel had king after king lead them deeper and deeper into sin. Southern Israel, Judah, their kings were not much better. Israel had become a doormat for world superpowers like Assyria to the north and Egypt to the south. War was a constant threat. But worst of all, wickedness was everywhere. Lying, cheating, stealing in the markets. Filthy, adulterous behavior and relationships. Violence and bloodshed commonplace in the streets. Idols littered the land. Even priests and spiritual leaders were often corrupt. And then God goes and sends prophets like Isaiah and many others to declare that because of such wickedness and rebellion, kingdoms like Assyria and Babylon would come and squash them. How much more could they take? How much longer could they persevere? And yet just when God's people might have been feeling helpless and hopeless, just when you might be feeling helpless and hopeless, God suddenly gives a different message in Isaiah chapter 40. He begins with a word not of condemnation, not a word of rejection, but he, he begins with this word, comfort. 
Just what God's people back then, just what God's people right now might least expect and certainly least deserve, God says twice for the sake of emphasis, comfort, comfort. Now, for paying close attention to the English grammar, and who doesn't like doing that, you might think that this is a noun that God is talking about comfort, but this is actually a verb, in fact, specifically. It's an imperative. God is giving a command. He's talking to Isaiah. Isaiah, tell the people, comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Notice how God is talking to his people and to you. Comfort those miserable morons, those wicked wretches. I can barely stand them, but at least it's a shred of hope. That's not what God says. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. For all the guilt that haunts, for all the doubts that plague, for all the sins that stain you, God says, you are still my people, and I will still be your God, and I want you to have a double measure of comfort. So how was Isaiah supposed to comfort the people? Verse 2, speak tenderly. I actually prefer the original language here. The original Hebrew literally says, speak to the heart. Like, a parent consoling an overwhelmed and frightened child. Speak to the heart, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. Literally in Hebrew, hard service is warfare or warring armies. Proclaim to Jerusalem that her hard service, her warfare has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. To troubled and hurting hearts, to guilty and burdened consciences, to weak and weary people, God comes and speaks directly to the heart with a message of comfort. Your hard work your toil, your labor, your warfare will be coming to an end. All the chaos and all the madness will be coming to an end. Your internal warfare with your sinful, selfish flesh, your warfare with Satan and his scheming lies, it's coming to an end because your sin has been paid for. In fact, you're going to receive from God's own hand double for all your sin, not Double consequence, but double blessing, like grace and mercy, love and compassion. Befuddled, we stand back with the Israelites and we wonder, how can this be? How could God speak to us such comfort? How could he speak to us so tenderly and compassionately? How could he forgive our sins so generously? Well, God's Keep speaking. The Lord goes on to say, A voice, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged place a plain. 
and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God was saying that there would be a voice Someone out in the wilderness crying out, preparing the way for the Lord so that every crooked path of sin would be made straight. Every humble sinner brought up in their valley. Every arrogant, haughty sinner brought down low. Every obstacle made plain, made clear, made level so that the way of the Lord was prepared. Why? So that the glory of the Lord could be revealed and that all people would see it together. I think you know what God was promising. It helps with the theme of our worship today. God was talking about John the Baptist, who would come to be a voice in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord, calling people then, calling you now to repent, to turn away from your sin, and to turn back to the Lord, to prepare your hearts for his coming. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God, because there would be a Savior to come. There would be someone to enter into our warfare with Satan and crush him at the cross. There would be one who would make every crooked and chaotic path of sin straight with the paths of his own righteousness. There would be one to reveal all of his glory as he paid for all your sin and gives you back double, not death and hell, but life and forgiveness. There would be one to come who would rise and give you life and bring peace, which is why the angels announced glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. And so just as Isaiah says, from the mouth of the Lord, the glory of the Lord would be revealed. And when God said this, it was just as good as done. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And you know what? It is done. Or as Jesus said, it is finished. Are you wondering how much more you can take? Are you wondering how much longer you can persevere then listen to the words of your God today who speaks tenderly to you, directly to your heart, and gives you a message of comfort. Take comfort, my people, because you have a Savior and your sins are forgiven today and every day. Take comfort because your greatest enemy, the devil, has no power over you. Take comfort because you might feel like you are in the rat race of life and stuck but you can go to Jesus, who says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take comfort, because you might feel like no one cares about, like no one values you, but your God values you so much that he gave his son's life for you. Take comfort, because you might feel like there will never be an end to all the toils and all the tears of this life, but your God is in fact preparing a place for you right now where he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. And don't you doubt it for a moment, because the mouth of the Lord has spoken, and it's as good as done. But you're not the only one, are you? 
You're not the only one who needs comfort. And you know that. So does your classmate who is sulking in shame. So does your colleague desperate in despair. So does Uncle Charlie, whom you'll see at Christmas, who's so lost and lapsing back into addiction. So does your neighbor who knows something's off and missing in life but isn't quite sure what. They need comfort too. And God wants them to have it. Verse 6, a voice says, cry out. And this is not God just talking about John the Baptist. It's God's voice saying, cry out. And he's not just talking to Isaiah. He's talking to you too. Be a herald. Proclaim. Cry out to others. Maybe you want to join Isaiah. And I said, what shall I cry? Here's what God tells you to say to other people. All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. Tell your family and friends. Tell your colleagues and your classmates. Tell your neighbor. Tell your bank teller. Tell the checkout lady at Walmart. Tell them why their life has become such a big mess. Tell them the world's broken because of sin. And so are they. And so are you. Ask them. Ask them if, if something terrible happened today and they happened to die, ask them if they know where they'd be. Ask them if they really know and understand that the wages of sin is death, physically and eternally. Be John the Baptist to them. Be the voice that cries out. Prepare the way for the Lord. Help them to prepare for the coming of the Lord on the last day. But please, please, don't stop there. Tell them that all people are like grass, that we will, in fact, wither and die because of sin, but tell them how the word of the Lord stands and endures forever, and our God has much more to say to you and to me. Verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him. His recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young Lift up your voice. Don't be afraid. You have good news to share too. So tell your friends and your family, tell your classmates and your colleagues, tell your neighbor, tell your mechanic, tell your plumber, tell the person next to you on the plane. Tell them about the real meaning of Christmas. Invite them here to church. Tell them, see, here is your God in a manger come in real human flesh to be your substitute and your savior. 
Tell them that the arm of the Lord has worked mighty deeds. Tell them that the Lord will reveal his power and glory again as he comes back with his recompense, with his reward, but not one of punishment, one of forgiveness and life everlasting. Go ahead, tell them. Tell them they have a good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep who became the lamb who was slain. Tell them they have a shepherd who holds them close to his heart and will lead them through the valley of the shadow of death until the eternal pastures of his peace. Isn't it amazing? Just when you thought you couldn't take much more, just when you thought you couldn't persevere any longer, your God comes to you and speaks right to the heart and says, comfort, comfort. And then with an extra measure of mercy and an extra portion of peace, your God gives to you a renewed sense of purpose and a renewed value for your life. Your God says directly to you, now you, you be John the Baptist. You go cry out. You be a herald. You proclaim. You be a voice. And I said, what shall I cry? Cry out to them. Tell them. Give them exactly what your God has given you. Comfort. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.